All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here on easily the worst sports day night of the year. We are taping this on Wednesday. You can attest to that. CEO of the podcast, Master Tate Frazier. What's happening, man? Not too much, Sal. I just got back from Las Vegas NBA Summer League. That's probably the only thing that's really going on at this point. So, yeah, uh, tough times in the sports world. Yeah, so, yeah, this is this is the worst because the day before the All-Star game, you got, what do you have? You have the Home Run Derby, um, and then you have the All-Star game, which didn't rated very highly, I think because nothing else is going on anywhere in sports. Uh, today, you can't find it. Well, Harry will find you a WNBA game, I'm sure, or something. But that's really it after Wimbledon. There's nothing really at at night. But l- let me ask you about Summer League. How was it? What what were you impressed by? Um, what did you eat? I was like, what people eat? What 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 happened there? I was very impressed by the earthquake happening on Friday night. I landed uh, in Las yeah. Vegas uh, right as that was happening. So that was interesting. Uh, and then, you know, I was already on, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on edge anyway with the earthquakes out here because I'm not from here. Uh, and then I went around. Uh, I ended up seeing LeBron James that night. Uh, I ended up seeing Corey, one of the Coreys, Corey Feldman. Uh, the two Coreys he pulled up on the sidewalk in his car and uh, got out of his car and started berating uh, what I could only assume was, uh, you know, a a, a worker of sorts. Um, but yeah, oh, no. so there was a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, apocalyptic things were happening on Friday night. And then as far as food, uh, I went to SK Steakhouse with uh, Greg Oden, uh, Mike Conley. And uh, Ryan Russillo is you know, gracious enough uh, for Conley to invite myself, Mark Titus, and all of us to go to uh, dinner. Russillo and I ate at the kids' table by ourselves, but the food was great. Uh, That's and not true. You were separate from everyone? <laughs> yeah, we, it was. Uh, I made this joke on our podcast, but it was a very progressive moment. It was kind of like the opposite of the Greensboro sit-ins. It was, uh, it was Russillo <laughs> and I sitting at the bar together and then everyone else at the table. Um, so right. so it, was, uh, it was a good time, though, being in Vegas. Got to go. Uh, and chop it up with a lot of people, meet with a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I mean, Vegas is still Vegas. So uh, lost some money. Nice. But other than that, uh, all good times. Which player? You know, it's funny because uh, Todd Furman from uh, from um, what's the name of that show? It's been so long <laughs> since I've done it. Lock it in. He's on with me. He's sitting on the runway. Similar uh, thing with you sit- sitting on the L- runway in LAX when the earthquake hits. He says, what's going on with your shit city? I was like, uh <laughs> I think your shit city in Vegas is feeling it just as much as mine is. It's crazy. They're canceling this um, this summer league game. But who who was most impressive to you? Were you able to uh, scout the talent at all? Yeah, I was going to say. I'm not it. talking about uh, at the clubs after hours. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You know. Yeah, what I, mean I thought you were talking about Hakkasan, but I guess I'll save that for you know, no, the, no, the no. after podcast. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was impressive to see. Uh, like Kobe White, some of the lottery guys that were playing, I thought Kobe looked great. Uh, and then some of the second year guys really stood out, like Miles Bridges stood out, Duncan Robinson stood out, Tyler Hero, another guy on the Miami Heat that uh, was a lottery guy, really stood out. But then you had the guys like Cam Reddish, uh, Zion, some of these guys that decided not to play or had injuries. So we yeah. didn't get really to see the top guys. And I have to apologize right now. I feel bad for the Knicks fans and, and Parlay Kid and Brother Bry because uh, RJ Barrett is who we thought he was. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, at least the Knicks, the, the Knicks were favored to win this uh, this summer league at eight to one odds, and it doesn't look like that because uh, it's going to happen because RJ Barrett can't make more than two or three shots a game. <laughs> um, but anyway, what, we were off last week. We needed to recharge. I finished up locking in. I mentioned Todd Furman. He came in first place. I came in second place. Um, he's a worthy adversary. He's a robot, so it's it's hard. It's hard for me to even compete. But <laughs> I finished up in the plus. I'm happy. But now, listen, from now. We go straight until at least the third week of February. It's all about against all odds, Tate. Mm. Um, we're talking baseball today. 
I'm going to interview Pete Rose next week at SportsCon in Dallas. I'm actually doing it Saturday. We'll run that next week. Um, but I will, uh, you know, he keeps getting passed up for the hall of fame. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on there, but, uh, and then football, I'm sorry, Tate. I know you cashed these big checks from the ringer because of your basketball talk, but football's right around the corner. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're also going Tate. You're coming with us next week. Yes. Callaway is fitting us for clubs with the, these degenerates that are on the phone right now. My gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards, my wizards of wagering. How can I get that wrong? My overlords of the odds. The degenerate trifecta, brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's going on? What's going on, buddy? Uh, well, like I said, there's not a lot going on. There really isn't. There's a WNBA game, I think, somewhere in there. But this is <laughs> we've hit the dog <laughs> days of summer. We're going to have one of my favorites, Paul LaDuca, on later. The AL won the All-Star game 4-3 yesterday. They won a minus-115 favorite uh, under nine caches. I don't know how they're only a minus one fifteen favorite at this point, Parlay Kid. You guys have won like twenty three. It's one of the best bets I was saying in sports in the last quarter century. Yeah. The American League. What the hell are they? I yeah. wrote it down somewhere. Nineteen three and one in the last twenty three yeah. games. Ridiculous. Yeah, if you go to last last thirty two, they're twenty five six and one. Oh, right, and I, all right. I could have sworn, but I also could swear, so if we go back even longer, like, wasn't there a time when you go back even, like, I just felt like there was a time when uh, when we were growing up, like, we, you know, when we were young kids, like, you know, so 40, over 40 years ago, I just felt like the American League has always won. I just it's, feel like the American League has always been the dom. so I don't know what those stats would show, but, man, I feel like the American League... Uh, has always been dominant in the all-star game. For the whatever Atlee reason, it days, makes no I reason. certainly remember those. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what right. they need to do. They may have to mix it up or something. I, I do like the all-star game, but uh, I know you're riding high. you Yankees, American League, but let's bring you down a little, Parlay Kid. Help me close the door on the NBA. Um, I gave out mm. the Clippers at 16-1 to on July 4th yeah. on Lock It In. I just said those, those stats, you're, you're going to make out big if Kawhi ends up a Clipper. And somehow everyone else was giving out Toronto at six and seven to one. You can get them at 80 to one now. Um, and they got them. Clippers got Kawhi. They're four to one. Mm-hmm. Lakers plus 550. Bucks plus 550. Golden State and the Sixers 10 to one. Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz right there at 15 to one. And Parley Kid, your poor Knicks, 300 to <laughs> one odds. Didn't get the Can you believe it? Didn't get anyone, really. I don't know. They, they, they got stymied, is what they got. Well, I think so. the winner, though, is the NBA, right? The NBA wins with, with all this, I think. Um, you basically have seven legit teams maybe competing for the title next year with the Clips, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Rockets. I mean, they, they all have a chance now. I think there's some decent parity in the league. You make out because in L.A. now, uh, I mean, what a fantastic time to be alive and be uh, a basketball fan there. And here yeah, in New York, the uh, Brother that, Brian yeah. and I, Threatened peril yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah. If the stadiums are still standing come October, um, <laughs> right. uh, the arenas are still standing that come October, uh, things will be great there. And Brother Brian and, and I in New York here just will continue to get the short end of the stick. No rhyme or reason to anything the Knicks are really doing. They're putting five guys out in the summer league that will get major minutes for them, and they're 0-3 in, mm. in a summer league with guys who – got major minutes for them last year. Uh, there's just such a losing culture right now with that team. It's, uh, it's really sad. But kudos to the NBA overall. 
Um, the only thing they really could use is a good Knicks team, and then the league would really be flying high. But Tate, it's uh, Tate, been a did good you see anything? for them. Is there anything that the parlay kid and brother Bri could get excited about in this Knicks team? Any one single thing? I think that they got a Morris twin, right? Marcus Morris decided to uh, back out of his Spurs deal, so he's going to go to New York. So that's exciting. At least you got one of those. Imagine people backing out of deals to to play with the Knicks. It's uh, amazing. But, um, yeah, parlay kid, I think you're right. I, I don't know how you rank, how you rate what's good for a league or not. Now, it seems like the, the the ratings are only good when LeBron's in the semifinals and then the finals. That, it seems like that's going to be thrown in the NBA's face. So in that respect, you know, if the Lakers had gotten Kawhi, the NBA's flying high ratings-wise. But, yes, you're right. The parity is great. It's nice that seven or eight teams are in here. I just got sick of the whole thing with, the, like, these experts coming on knowing, oh, we, I, we know exactly oh, where yeah. Kawhi is going. Like, I, I know – we pick games wrong every week. Like, I, I feel like it's just different, though. Like, if we're off by a spread by 20 points versus getting in someone's head, a guy, Kawhi Leonard, we don't know anything about what he thinks, and he's unpredictable as it is as far as players go. And everyone's like, no, he's definitely going to Toronto. He's definitely staying in Toronto. And after after Canada Day passed, he's definitely, no, no, he's waiting to announce it. I, it just felt scummy to me yeah. that everybody's like becoming an expert. And I think we're opinionists versus journalists. We're not breaking news, but the, the line has never been yeah. blurrier, you know, parlay kid. I, it just bothered me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like talking about something well, I didn't know for could, two weeks. It was weird. Could it, could it also have been a very shrewd move by Kawhi to sure. do what he did? Cause it, it really didn't enable the Lakers to sign anybody else that they maybe could have signed because they were yep. waiting on him. So shrewd too by Leonard, but that's right up Leonard's alley. So, but yeah, you can't. Nobody can predict this stuff anymore, Sal. You can't, you can't predict it. People can write and talk about it all they want, but um, nobody's an expert on it. That is for sure. Brother Bry, um, one thing is weird to me. Paul George. We've had a lot of players demand trades over the years. Kyrie and you know, ever, ever there's been a bunch, but Paul George doesn't get. Didn't get any crap for this move. This really, this is what really uh, put everyone behind the eight ball. This uh, signing a max deal and then demanding a trade to a specific team is something that they're not making nearly enough about. I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it was because the George. You just assumed he was going to leave OKC originally, right? And then mm-hmm. when he stayed on for that extra year, I mean, I guess, I guess the fans. We're okay with that. I mean, I, I know it, it's funny. I mean, I haven't heard anything in terms of OKC fans being so upset, but I guess they got enough back and they kind of knew in the West they, were, they weren't going to be anything better than maybe like a five, six, seven seed. So I guess mm-hmm. the rebuild starting a little bit earlier probably makes sense. Uh, I mean, I think if I was an OKC fan, I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. But now if Westbrook, unless Westbrook goes to Miami or something, like if he doesn't, uh, uh, that all-star game, that line, Tate, it's going to be West minus 16 points, right? The oh, yeah. way this is really stacked up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, Westbrook, uh, one of the things that was interesting at Summer League, so Tyler Hero had not signed with Miami yet, and you can still be traded if you had not signed a contract. So a lot of people thought that was kind of a tip of the cap that they were trying mm-hmm. to include Hero in a trade for Westbrook. But I just saw that Hero just signed. So maybe that uh, that means Miami's oh. not the destination. So Wow. All right. All right. So that's it. So that's it. That, that last line from Tate is the last we'll speak of the NBA for a while. So <laughs> congratulations, Tate. You got the last word. And Brother Bry, I want to move on to the women's world cup now the parlay kid actually did best with the u.s women's team 
that he cashed in a three to one odds. Uh, I, I don't know. I got caught up in it. You know, it was good. Our team, U.S. was this was a good team too. They scored twenty six goals. I know half of those were against like a middle school Thailand team to start things up. But uh, uh, Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan, by the way, on Kimmel Thursday night. That'll be fun, but I don't know. It was kind of exciting, right? The Women's World Cup. What, what were the odds? You, you you laid out odds for them to win every game in regulation, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, the part of the kid had the U.S. at 3-1, which is great considering after the first game against Thailand, they went to like plus 160. But oh, if, you took the, if you took the U.S. – I know, it was nuts. I mean, we kind of said it at the beginning. Why not just jump on this? Because you knew at some point Tom was probably going to be, you know, minus 200. But um, if you took the U.S. to win every game in regulation from the start, um, and it really happened, it was really more once you got into the playoffs. It would have been ten to one odds. So, and you never really would have been too like worried about that bet. I guess maybe a little bit in the same game, but um, I, I'll say I really did enjoy it, especially once you got out of the pool play. Because um, yeah. to me, I mean, I we grew up with a sister who played soccer. I always kind of. I always kind of liked women's soccer. I never really, I mean, we all played football, so I never really liked men's soccer as much, but I did have a thing for, for women's soccer. And then my daughter is just huge into it. So she's everything U.S. World Cup team. So I, I went to one of those exhibition games. My daughter went to the parade today. So uh, that's great. You know, I, I, I really do think, I, I mean, I, I know Bill had said this too the other day, but it definitely makes sense for the women's game to go every two years of the World Cup. Why, why, why wait so long? And at least you give it a little bit of time, not maybe every year, but every two years. Yeah, that was fun. And like you said, as soon as they got out of the group play, we played, we played the host country and, and, and beat them. We got lucky on a couple of penalty kicks along the way, but we were so good. You were going to have to get really, really lucky to beat us. I think that's how it was, and we showed how deep we were and all that stuff. Now, Harry, I haven't spoken to you yet, but congratulations. Uh, big UFC card the other day. You we picked these early. You had John Jones by decision, five to one odds. That's a good cash there, buddy. Now, what what point at any point of the fight were you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Harry didn't watch the fight. I'm, I'm guessing Harry didn't. Uh, watch the fight. <laughs> well, uh, you no, five to one <laughs> bet no. that you didn't actually bet was in jeopardy. But were you know what at point which point were you most like freaking out? Well, look, usually Brother Bry is the numbers guy on the pod, but as I stated, if you went by the numbers, this was actually an easy winner. Um, Santos had won eight of his last nine fights. Six of the last eight fights Jones had, as he won by decision. So you had to figure Santos would put up a good fight and challenge Jones, which he did. But the 35-year-old Santos wouldn't have enough in the end. And, of course, that's what happened. And, of course, unfortunately, I didn't bet a cent on it. Of course. Of course you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I may have to watch Everything that fight else a few I bet more times. went down the tubes. But, you know, that I didn't bet. I don't understand, Brother Briar, Parlay Kid. You could jump in or, or Tate if you – we watched the fight. My God, that Santos, he tore every ligament in his leg and, and then invented some to tear. And he still went the distance. And not only that, wasn't yeah. – wasn't favoring any any of the, the leg. No, like throwing weird. kicks with it. It was an insane thing to watch. Weird. I, I, I so the only thing I could uh, really say it's got to just be the adrenaline you're going on, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, these guys both got carted out in wheelchairs at the end of the fight because they their legs are just you know even if you're not tearing your you know uh, every single ligament in your knee, uh, mm-hmm. these guys can never even walk coming you know after the fight. They, there's days where they just can't walk. So it's a brutal right. sport. 
you know, if, uh, for those that watch, if you saw what happened to uh, Ben Askren, too, uh, oh. the wrestler who uh, got kneed in the head and was literally, you know, out cold. Uh, it's mm-hmm. brutal. It's it's great, but it's uh, it's certainly, uh, you know, these are these guys are a different breed who do this, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, and being a wrestler, I don't, you know, I don't remember Coach Kazaza teaching us what to do when the guy comes flying at you knee first. Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> well, one thing you can't do is have your head down, I guess, you know? Yes, you can't, you can't have, have your head, head down. down. <laughs> right. Don't Can't shoot with down. your head down, right, Sal? Well, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Amanda Nunez, that was a good fight, too. She took care of Holly Holm pretty, more easily than I thought. That was, I wish she were more marketable. You know, Brother Brian, I don't know. I just, maybe she has to beat up a bus or something. I don't know what you have to do in UFC to be more marketable, but she might be, as she claims, the greatest woman fighter ever on earth. Uh, yeah. I, thought, uh, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I know. It's funny. It's like, what else can she do? I mean, the only close fights she had, those those two Shevchenko fights were really good fights. I mean, at this point in time, there's really not another name for her to fight unless it's Shevchenko again, who's fighting at a lower weight. So I do kind of feel a little bit bad for her. Um, you know, it's gonna it will be still kind of tough to market her at this point unless there's uh, another big fight for her. Well, listen, two uh, two contenders emerged at Disneyland this this week. So uh, you know, you know, there's there's always a fight for somebody. You, you never ever know. Uh, let's go to baseball. We've neglected baseball. Um, it's halfway through the season. Actually, most teams are ninety games, and I think the what are the Yankees? Eighty eight. They have a couple in hand uh, against some of these teams. But we'll go over the uh, AL NL MVP, AL NL uh, uh, Cy Young. Tate, you think the balls are juicy? You don't like these balls, or you don't like the? What were you telling me? You don't like the balls in the in the home run derby, or uh, just in the yeah? In general? I was I was freaking out more about uh you know the steroid thing obviously hurt when I was younger. I was coming up as that was happening, you know, with uh, McGuire mm-hmm. and Sosa and all those sort of guys, uh, and Palmero and all that sort of stuff. So that was kind of the first knock on the the power hitters in baseball, and you know, kind of taking a step back to see what was going on, and then but the home run derby always kind of had this little separate you know, place in my heart where I would watch these guys and it was amazing. And, you know, so many great moments. And then you saw the balls this year and I'm, and I want to go back now and try to watch and see if the balls seem lighter, you know, back in the day for some of the big swings and big, big moments. I always blamed it on steroids. Now I think it's the balls. So they're, they're ruining everything for me as far as, uh, you know, my, my perception and my belief uh, that they're all, you know, up to, up to par baseballs. They seem like they were like wiffle balls. You could tell by looking at players if they're bigger or smaller than when you grew up, and they're and they're definitely smaller <laughs> than they were in the late '90s. You can't tell by the ball, the you yes. know, watching on TV. You can't tell what the difference is with the ball, but they certainly can. I mean, everyone came back from that uh, London series, Boston Yankees, and said, "Freaking, there were no seams on the balls." Like Tanaka was throwing a fit, Porcello. I don't know. It was. Uh, it seemed crazy, but yeah, what a way to market the game overseas and in this home run derby and it all helps. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the American league where Mike Trout is running away with this. Now these odds are all over the place. You can go online. You can find something at minus 200 or minus 1500. I'm looking at Mike Trout at minus 1500 for AL uh, MVP leads in home runs, OBP walks, slugging, uh, any, uh, win above replacement metric. He's two plus over whoever's in second place. Looks like he's running away with it. Mm. I don't know that there's anyone else worth mentioning. Parlay kid, you're going to, you're going to go crazy about one of your Yankees here. Somehow, somehow well, this guy is yeah, the well, greatest of all. Well, your Yankees. Because yeah, well, 
it, this is a most valuable player award, right? This isn't the best player award, the most mm-hmm. valuable player award. And this has been a debate that's gone on for a very, very long time. Um, you very, I, I, you very rarely would probably see in the NBA a guy winning the uh, MVP award if he was on a 500 team or maybe sub 500. It would be a, a stretch. Uh, and that's what we're talking about with Mike Trout. Mike Trout gets to play in the cozy confines of Anaheim where nobody really cares what he does um, as a baseball player. And look, he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. He, right mm-hmm. now he's the best player in the game. But is he the MVP? Uh, that's debatable. All right. And I think we, that's, this is where if we're looking for value, you're not getting value at minus 1,500 in, in Mike yeah. Trout because uh, so he could get injured. Um, uh, Anaheim could fall well below the 500 pace they're playing at right now, mm-hmm. and that that would be terrible value. Uh, where I like DJ Lemayu uh, on the Yankees, who's having a fantastic year. Uh, the guy plays three positions all well: first base, second base, third base. He's been almost hitting 500 with runners in scoring position. It's been uncanny what he's doing. Uh, he has carried the Yankees. Uh, through basically an injury-riddled first half of the year. Uh, his projected numbers at the end of the year right now, 336, 29 doubles, 22 home runs, 208 hits, 120 runs, 116 RBIs, and as I mentioned just before, outstanding defense at three positions. For the t- for right now, the best team, or at least the, what they're going to be is a top-two team or three-team in the American League, and doing it all, Sal, on the, in the bright lights, of New York. This guy's mm-hmm. been incredible and, uh, been is, is, uh, better than advertised. That's for sure. So why not yeah, roll the dice sure. at him at 10 to one? Uh, 10 to one is good. A good number for him. If trout in fact gets hurt, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's astounding to me. They signed him what two years, $24 million, not expecting anything like this. out of there. you don't know what to get out of those Colorado guys, but uh, I'm going to be, uh, uh, touting one in a minute, but, um, I saw this stat on LeMay. 818 with the bases loaded. Is that right? It, I, I had a, I stared at it like four times. He might be like nine. He might be something like nine for 11 or something like that with the bases loaded this year. Yeah. It's, very, it's, yeah. it's very possible. That is reminiscent yeah, it, of the Parley yeah. kid 1995 at Oakwood Park. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. I haven't seen that number. Even 11 at bats. That's yeah. still uh, spectacular over 800. And I think the the biggest thing, the biggest plus in his favor is uh, he played with an injured team. The Yankees are not; yeah. they're running away with the the best division in baseball. Um, and all their players right. were injured. Now these guys might come back, and the Yankees might win 105 games, and then Lemayhu isn't as important. Uh, you know, you might forget about his first half. But 10 to one odds, I, I agree, it's a good number. Let's switch to the National League. Cody Bellinger leads the National League at minus 150. Christian Yelich right there, plus 140. It seems like a, a two-horse race. And then you have Freeman, Bell, and my guy, Pete Alonzo. Oh, my God. The only thing the Mets can uh, Mets fans have to root for there. Pete Alonzo, 20 to 1. He's done it all. Um, it's it, But it does seem between Bellinger and Yelich. Now, I'm going to take a flyer here. I'm going all the way down. Now, this is what I mean about the odds. I saw Nolan Arenado at 9 to 1 a couple days ago. 50 to one on some sites. You could bet him Um, top five MVP votes in the last three years. He's been in the top five. 
Did not have a great June, and I know there's the core's bias against him, but 312, 20 homers, 67 RBIs, 191 total bases. I don't know. And he, I think he's got a bunch of gold gloves. Like, give, give him a little credit here. Maybe, you know, maybe he lights it up. We see a guy like DJ LeMay who maybe that helps other Rockies players current now. I know Charlie Blackman's right there too. You can get him at 50 to 1, but I like both of those guys. Maybe they just tear it up in the second half and the Rockies end up a little better than 500. Um, Harry, though, you're going with the favorite, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with Scottsdale, Arizona zone. Cody Bellinger, and like you said, uh, at minus 150. Uh, first, he's on the team that has the best record in baseball. Or he's on the team that has the best run differential in baseball. And the break, they lead the National League West by a whopping 13 and a half games. Uh, second, his offensive numbers were off the charts. Second in batting average at 336. Second in homers, 30. Second in RBIs at 71. His slugging percentage is almost 700. Batting like 76 points higher than he did last season. And already has more homers than he did last season. He's on pace for like 55 this year. And third, on defense, he has had 250 total chances between first base and the outfield and has only made one error. And it's very durable as he's been in every game this year for L.A., played every game last year for L.A. As of right now, like I said, it's a two-horse race, but it's probably Cody's time here, and uh, I think he gets it done at minus 150. I love that guy. I mean, we, obviously, we got an ass full of Cody Bellinger talk out here in L.A., but that, such a sweet swing. Love watching him. This was an amazing stat I read on him. On-base percentage, over 400 every single day of the season this year. Mm. That's insane. It, 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 cumulatively, over 400. 85 games he started, 81 times he reached base, or 81 out of 85 games he reached base more than uh, 81 times. But only four games he started, he did not reach base minus 150 yeah he and Yelich you know Yelich might have back issues now so maybe that should be higher than it is all right let's switch to uh let's go arms here American League Cy Young you got uh let's go right back to you Harry what do you like in the American League you like the favorite again really going out on a limb here Garrett Cole well well Garrett Cole uh, minus 200 um yeah, his record nine and five. It's okay. Three point oh nine ERA is okay. One hundred and sixteen innings, but he's got one hundred and seventy strikeouts. That leads the American League. He's been hot lately too. So he's won four straight games in his last nine starts. He's six and zero with a one point five five ERA. And over that time period in his last six starts, he struck out at least eight players per game. Teams are only batting two oh seven versus him. A lot of people might lean towards his teammate Justin Verlander. And they do have similar stats. However, the one difference between them is Verlander has given up the long ball all season and really bad of late. He's given up 27 total home runs and 12 in his last five starts. Uh, Cole has been more consistent, and he's becoming their ace on this team. Like I said, he's been red hot lately. Look for that to continue as he shoots closer to the Cy Young. I like Cole at minus 200. And you have 200, minus 200, Verlander plus 125. You could easily find the opposite of that on, on any other sites here uh, other than the one we're looking at. Uh, they may split votes. They're Charlie Morton, 6-1, to one, Berrios, 8-1. to one. Uh, I got Miner at 20. That, it's all over the place after that. Brother Bry, you're, you're going out on a limb a little bit in the AL, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I do like Cole. It's funny. Uh, I, I think I said to Harry yesterday I like Cole, so I think he took my pick there originally. Um, but it, it is funny when you talk about odds because you'll see, yeah, Cole's minus 200 some places, plus 350 other places. So it's, mm-hmm. it is really all over the place on the AL, which I do think the AL race is kind of all is completely up in the air. It's similar to last year, and actually last year at this time we had given out Snell at like 33 to 1. Uh, to win the Cy Young. So definitely look for some value. I would kind of stay. I I do like Cole, like I was saying. I would stay away from Verlander. He hasn't been good as of late. So he's got a 4-8-1 ERA in the last six starts. And I I agree with what you're saying is I think those guys will kind of split votes. So I would look at Morton. And, again, I like to look at guys who've gotten hot. In his last nine starts, he's 6-2 with a 2-0-1 ERA as a .87 whip. 11.6 11.6 strikeouts per nine innings. So, like I said, I think at, at plus 650 here or plus or six to one or whatever you get him at, I think, I mean, he's got 140 strikeouts right now in like 112 innings. So, I think just based on what he's already done, I mean, if, if, the, if Tampa gets to the playoffs, which they should, I mean, he's, he's going to be in the top three conversation right there. He'll be one of the main reasons they're there. So, I think at six to one, there's there's definitely value there versus Cole and Verlander. I think those guys will kind of eat away. And let's not forget Chris Sale, who was the preseason favorite to win the AL Cy Young. Um, yeah, but you the, talk about these numbers going around. He's anywhere from thirteen to one to sixty to one because of his slow start. Um, it's amazing. So it actually does leave it wide open in the American League. Yeah, we talk about splitting votes with the uh, Astros pitcher. Same thing going on in the National League. Uh, Scherzer is the favorite at minus 200, but then you got Hyunjin Ru and Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw competing. They're all in the top like six or seven right there. Uh, Ru is right there actually at plus 110. Luis Castillo, 15 to one. Bueller, as I mentioned, 15 to one. Zach Granke, parlay kid, 20 to one. You like him? Yeah, and Granke, I think you can find him even, uh, had some uh, more like 25 to one or 30 to one in, uh, on some sites as well. Um, and again, uh, we're talking value here. Uh, Granky is first in wins. He's fourth in ERA. He's got a whip that's uh, well under one. He's got 108 strikeouts and like only like 15 walks. I mean, very impressive uh, pitcher here. Uh, the Diamondbacks are only a game and a half out of the second wild card spot. So there have been talks about maybe. Granky getting traded, but as of right now, you know you have a chance to make the playoffs. You're a game and a half out. Why would you deal your ace? All right, so yeah. I think he stays there. And let's just say he has a really nice second half of the year where he ends up with close to 20 wins, uh, 200 strikeouts. Uh, you know his ERA is you know in the mid uh, twos at 20 to one, at 25 to one. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he also has to deal with the guy like Harry, who's probably stalking him, right, Harry? You, this is a guy you follow around a little bit. <laughs> I, I know where it's a drop. I know where it's a drop. Exactly. I know where he lives. <laughs> well, anyway, so, so, then you wonder why everyone leaves Arizona. Why did Paul Goldschmidt leave? Well, yeah, because you're stalking him. Everybody, <laughs> they're going to lose all their best players that way. Uh yeah, the Republican, I that's Dave, good. I talked, I talked to Dave Stewart at a car wash once, told him how he's going to be better trying to change the team around. In a year and a half, he was fired. That was it, right? When he was fired or fled, fled the city, not a car wash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, Paulie Kid, if, if Scherzer gets hurt, that's even even better. And the, by the way, 
I feel like Scherzer broke his nose and then just really it revitalized his career. Not that he was doing crappy before <laughs> that, but Crazy. everyone go out and break your nose. You'll see it really it, it inspires you to do uh, better. But I, I think we all like Scherzer minus two under parlay kid. That's a good uh, that's a good flyer at twenty to one. Now th- there's all sorts of second half odds. You could bet teams to make the playoffs. You could bet adjusted win totals, which I hadn't seen in a while. And obviously you could bet uh, teams to win the division, AL, NL, all the playoffs and World Series matchups. We're going to hit some of those miscellaneous numbers. Now, I saw the Red Sox at plus 165 to make the playoffs. Now, I get it. They're nine out of the American League East. The Yankees are probably going to run away with that. Although I think they were five out. You guys remember last year? It was probably a week past this date last year. uh, Bill Simmons filled in for me. And you guys talked the Yankees were five games up on the Red Sox. Simmons and Harry were the only ones who took the Red Sox, I think, at plus 180 or something. Um, and, of course, they won the division. But anyway, let's say they don't win the division. Nine out of the AL East. Only one behind the second wild card. I think plus 165 is nice. I think Sale, you know, could probably come back. You know, Price has been solid. Porcello, they need to do better. The, the bullpen is atrocious. That, that's the whole thing. They they uh they're missing Kimbrell. They never even came close to uh replacing him. Devers though is hot. JD Martinez numbers are down. Mookie Betts numbers are down. You got to figure proven players will step it up. And uh, I kind of think the Red Sox. You know what they do. Um, Parley Kid. I like them at plus one sixty five. I know you don't want to see them in the playoffs, yeah. right? No, I rather you don't want to see Boston Sal ever. Yeah. So, but I do like that. I mean, if you if uh. That could that could be one of those things that uh, I would take just because uh, it would yeah. soften the blow a little bit uh, of yeah. them making that because I, I think for sure you know those guys will eventually hit to the back of their baseball cards eventually and the Red Sox will probably go get uh, some bullpen help and uh, they're going to make a run at that uh, playoff uh, spot so um, not a bad call Sal yeah and you like uh, in the National League you like my least favorite team the Braves right. Yeah, the Braves, Sal, again, when we're talking about this adjusted win total, uh, the Braves are on pace for uh, 96 wins this year. And their adjusted win total right now is uh, 91 or 91 and a half. Uh, and I, I don't see how this team is not going to reach that, Sal. They've reached 50 wins faster than any Braves team since uh, 2003. They were only three games above 500 as of uh, the end of May, and they just had a a torrid June. Uh, they've been hitting the, uh, the crud out of the ball. They've batted 290 as a team in the month of June. Freeman, Acuna, uh, Dansby Swanson has really become a, a fine major league player. And they got that great veteran leadership. I was never a, a Donaldson fan when he was with the Blue Jays, but he's just one of those winning type of players as his catcher, Brian McCann, who was with the Yankees a little bit. These guys are winners. This team is going to surpass that 91 win total. I think it's pretty easy money to say that they're going to approach the mid-90s here uh, wins. And they're a young, energetic, fun team, Sal. I think, and now with, and you're adding Keuchel to their rotation mm-hmm. now, really, for the whole second half of the year. Uh, he's added already, but, you know, he's going to uh, just improve as the year goes on. This team's winning more than 91 games, Sal. So I like the over and that adjusted win total. I hate to say I agree. And by the way, I talked about the numbers flying all over the place. I've seen this at 93 and a half. If you get 91 and a half, jump yeah. right, right, right. 91 and a half. Yep. My God. But yeah. I, I hate, I hate them. I hate the bread. Ever since the chipper days <laughs> before that, probably before that, because Harry loved the Braves. Uh, TBS was the only channel they got in the Swigo. I think that was the only cable <laughs> channel he got growing up. 
so he was forced to love the Braves. But ninety-one, they um, made you miserable. Ninety-one, they made you miserable. Nineteen ninety-one, they made you miserable. Every year, yeah, except for the Ventura uh, when they put the Grand Slam NL championship. It was bad. Yeah, I took a chair. uh, uh, Yeah, Parlay kid, this will make you feel good. Sixteen games left against the Marlins and Mets, and it comes in a clump too. There are seven against the Marlins, Mets back to back. Then they have like a three-game series against the Dodgers, then six more against the Marlins and Mets. So they could really go like uh, seventeen and four in a three-week stretch there, and you'll you'll have your uh, money made right there. And uh, worse than that. A ton of prospects. Um, they could get Granky, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Stroman, Shane Green, uh, Hand, who's a guy, Hand on uh, Cleveland. The, the sky's the limit for this Braves team. I like them over 91 and a half wins. Brother Bry, you have some uh, action in the AL Central, right? Yeah, so I like um, Cleveland at plus 600 to win the Central. Look, they're, they're five and a half back. I know the Twins have been playing awesome. But one thing I was looking at is I was looking at their schedule, their upcoming schedule. So, and they also came into the break with on a six-game winning streak. They play the Twins at home right off the bat here after mm-hmm. the break at home. So if, if they can win two out of three, they can cut that lead to four and a half. Then if you look at the schedule, after that, they have Detroit at home, Kansas City at home, at Toronto, at Kansas City, whereas the Twins, they have the Mets, the A's, the Yankees, and at White Sox. So, I can easily see this, you know, in three or four weeks, all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, this lead cut down to, you know, one or two games, and then they're right in it. So I think it's six to one it's six to one odds, it's great value. I know there's been talk about Bauer maybe being traded, but they're in a really good position to make the playoffs. And I, I do agree with you. I like the Red Sox on those odds. But if you're looking at Cleveland just based on, again, I think they have, uh, they have the, one of the top five easiest remaining schedule if not the easiest so i think they're going to try and make one more run here even with bauer and bauer still has one more year left on his contract so they could always trade him in the offseason plus i think mm. they're going to probably be playing for carrasco here i mean they had a great moment yeah. last night with him at the game so i wouldn't be shocked i mean again i think it's six to one odds that, you know only down five and a half for them is really is really good value Six to one is great value. And especially I've seen some four to ones flying around there for Cleveland to win the central uh, Minnesota dipping a little bit. The only thing I worry about is that the break came at the wrong time for Cleveland. Like you said, they, they won six in a row, seven out of the last 10. Um, they have 13, like you said, against the twins. They go nine and four. They're right there, right there. And that's not out of, out of the realm. I also like the twins under, I wrote that down and now I can't find uh, what their number is, but I think it's like 98 or something, 98, 98 and a half. Um, yeah, because they are actually one of uh, four teams on pace for 100 wins this year. They're over under still 98 and a half. I think we see a little bit of a collapse from then. Uh, I just worry, again, like I said, that the All-Star break came at the wrong time. All right, Harry, you're going long, long, long shot. Uh, same state, different league. You like the Reds. Yeah, the Reds at 15 to 1 to win the National League Central. I know with a couple of favorites here early the baseball picks, but at 15 to one to win the central first to last is only separated by four and a half games heading into the second half of the season in the central. Uh, the reds are close to turning this around. Their issue is that they are only 18 and 28 and one or two run games. They turn that stat around. They can challenge for the division Cincinnati here. Listen, to this. Cincinnati has actually given up the least runs in the national league and is second in all of baseball out of the 15 teams in the NL. They're sixth best 
in run differential and second best in the Central by 25 runs over third place St. Louis. Uh, Yasiel Puig has been a solid pickup. He's about to eclipse all his 2018 Dodger stats already. Uh, Puig's on pace for 35 homers, 100 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. He's actually becoming a real leader on this team. Uh, Pitching-wise, Luis Castillo is a Cy Young candidate with a record of 8-3 and and a 2.29 ERA, 124 Ks. And the parlay kid told me about two weeks ago that Sonny Gray is turning it around. (laughs) You know what, Sal? The parlay kid was right. In Sonny Gray's last nine starts, the Reds are 8-1 in those games, and Gray is actually 5-1 in those starts. In his last 23 and two-third innings, he has 32 strikeouts. 32 strikeouts. So we'll see if this wager has. Uh, we'll see if this wager has a short uh, coming soon because Cincinnati has to play 13 of their next 19 divisional games to start the second half of the season. So we'll know early if they can contend for the Central. I agree that Sonny Gray has turned it around. Uh, if by it you mean his car and it's headed to Atlanta, and he's going to be traded at the deadline, <laughs> along with maybe Hernandez and uh, Tanner Rourke. Uh, I will say this, Harry, that NL Central, every team has spent at least one day in first place. Like you said, they're four and a half back, the Reds, but and you're and you going crazy about their pitching, uh, second fewest runs allowed. Well, guess what that means? They've also scored the second fewest amount of runs in the National League, uh, only ahead of the Marlins. So I, they have two weeks to get it together, as do a lot of these mm-hmm. teams. Otherwise, they're going to sell these chips at the, oh, uh, at the trade. 13 day. of 19 divisional games. The other six are against the Rockies, so we'll see. All right. It really has to happen like in the next 10 days or so. Uh, Brother Brian, mm-hmm. we're staying within that division. You and I like this Cardinals team. I don't know why we do. I mean, I think Carpenter and Goldschmidt are poised for a, a good second half. Um, Azuna comes back like in August, first week in August. Carpenter's already back. Uh you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I like them at three to one to make the playoffs, though. You, you're taking their over-under and wins. They're expected to be right at 500, right? Yeah, so their over-under wins is 81. Right now they're at 500. They're 44 and 44. Look, the, the remaining games, they have 39 games at home, 35 on the road. I know, again, they came into the season probably as one of the, the – I think they were the favorites with the Cubs to win this division. But the Cardinals have only been under 500 once since 2000. So if you look at last year, they were 40 and 28 in the second half. The year before, they were 40 and 34 in the second half after being under 500 in the first half. Look, their bats have been bad. I would assume Carpenter, I mean, hopefully he's a little bit healthy and he comes back and hits the ball well. Their pitching hasn't been like it's been last year. But I feel like the Cardinals are always a team in the second half. They'll either add somebody or they'll have some, some minor leaguer come up who plays above their head. Look. They only need to go 38 and 36. So like I said, with, with 39 of those uh, 74 remaining games at home, I just think 81 in, seems a little low. I feel like this could be like 82 and a half. Uh, but I, would, I just would never bet against the Cardinals being under 500. Yeah. Well, last year at the break, they fired the manager, the manager Matt, Matt, right? But uh, this year they don't have yep. that luxury. I mean, I guess they could still fire him. 44 division games left in the second half. So they'll uh, – yeah, they'll be playing for it against Harry's Reds. Tate, what do you think about it? I have to hand it to Harry. He only has two favorite baseball teams, whereas every other sport's like four <laughs> or five. He likes the Braves and the Diamondbacks. Is there another team, Harry, or is it just those two? 
Uh, now the Twins are in first place. Maybe I should root for the Twins. Too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Harry, so what do you, you think like of that? Braves are just David Justice. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. I'm a fan of that, Harry. I can see you being a Chipper Jones fan for sure. I can definitely see you being like a Tom Glavin, John Smoltz fan. So uh, all that really checks out. I just have to say, I, I feel like this whole thing is going to work out where the Astros just do it again. So that's really the only yeah. baseball thought I have is that I believe in the Astros. I like what they have going for them. So I'm going to stick with the AL team and stick with the Astros. I like the Astros too. I took them in the beginning of the year. I felt like I didn't want to put any more money on them, but they're four to one odds, and they, you know, the three horses have just now started are, are now going to play together for the first time. So we might, and and that division's just they're they're done with it. It's just I don't know if they'll play a meaningful game in a while. But uh, all right, that's our baseball talk. Let's go to the mailbag, cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Hey, write us. Let us know if you think you're worthy of being our in our degenerate gambler hall of fame. What do we do? A couple weeks ago. What was his name? Scott Barry, the guy who held the uh, St. Louis Blues ticket, right? Yep. We inducted him yeah. into the Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, we're waiting for you. We're waiting on stories. We're erecting a nice building in Pahrump. We're getting the permits together. I know I've been saying the same thing for a year, but these things take time. This is from uh, Josh S. He says, hey, Sal, big fan of you and the trifecta. Been listening since the first episode, so thanks for giving me some good winners over the years. Here's a possible Captain Morgan Riverboat Casino prop and a degenerate Hall of Fame submission. One, what will be the biggest disaster on HBO this year? The Game of Thrones final season, the explosion in Chernobyl, or the Oakland Raiders football team? Wow, interesting. I was just talking about hard knocks, of course. Well, I don't think the Raiders, I don't think that's going to be a disaster at all. I think that's, that's Emmy-worthy. Put that up there with Veep and the other uh, great HBO shows. Game of Thrones is going to be impossible to beat as far as a disaster. Uh, was Chernobyl a disaster? I don't know. The Russians said only like 11 people died, so... Um, but I, 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 th- I can't wait for this implosion with Carr and Antonio Brown and Gruden. I thought they should wait till they get to, uh, to Vegas, but yeah, get, get it started now. What the hell? Brother Brian, this is your favorite team. Is there going to be a, a bigger disaster than the Raiders on Hard Knocks? I mean, I think Hard Knocks is going to be a lot of fun. I don't think it'll be a disaster on Hard Knocks. Uh, I do think the season will probably be a disaster, though. <laughs> maybe from Hard Knocks. It makes a good. What about you, uh, hey. Paul? Kid? <laughs> oh, I think this. So this is going to be an entertaining. I, I'm, you know, so I'm probably in the minority here. I'm a Gruden fan. I think the guy's a great soundbite. Uh, I think this is going to be a very fun hard knocks, and I think the Raiders are going to be a little bit better than what Brother Bride thinks this year. All right. What do they expect to get? Six wins, Brian? Or was that? Did I go too heavy with that? Is it six? I think that's uh, it's around, around that. It's, yeah, it's around that. It's five and a half, six. The big I, I, I uh, Harry. Mean, what do you for, think? You know, it's it's just so hard for their defense. I mean, it's, I mean, offensively they should be good. But like I said, it's, it's all on par this year. If he thinks he's gone after this year, so he better right. he better have a top five MVP season if they want to be good. Harry, you didn't watch Game of Thrones. You didn't watch Chernobyl. You didn't watch the John <laughs> Jones fight that you picked. <laughs> What's the biggest disaster? No, but uh, but uh, I don't know what you guys were bitching about. There was a there's a full starting eleven o'clock this morning uh, on the East Coast. There was a you, know, you guys are saying there's no sports. There was a full slate of WNBA games today. So there was plenty of action going on today. I mentioned that, that was plenty. a day game that that was on during the day. Oh, there were three day games today. All right, all right. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, take- I, I I think it's no. gonna. I agree with. I agree with Parlay Kid though. Really like it. I think uh, I think Chucky's going to have to tone it down a little bit when he knows he's being videotaped and watched in terms of a 
how crazy he gets on the sidelines during practices and, and meetings and everything like that, too. And I think today, actually, I think it's Antonio Brown's birthday, so I'm sure they're having a uh, great time today uh, bringing, uh, doing something for him. But uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> not, it doesn't stop for like four weeks, Harry. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Harry thinks that the filming starts already. <laughs> <laughs> They've been filming for like two and a half years. Uh, Tate, what do you think about Antonio Brown's birthday or Hard Knocks or HBO or anything? I, I was going to say, you know, as far as Antonio Brown's birthday, you know, happy birthday, AB. Uh, but other than that, I, I think the biggest disaster, I, I'm going to take it as literal as possible. And it definitely is the explosion in Chernobyl. I don't know if I can get away with saying that, but I think we're, you know, we're, we're in the future enough where we can all uh, point out that that was a, a pretty big disaster. I, I guess it would qualify as that. I guess so. I don't know how much of that was real, but yeah, I, I guess you're right, Tate. Yeah, it's like the it's like, it's like the shark landing. tank. These guys insisted on making bets today. There's absolute <laughs> shit out there, as Harry uh, just mentioned. Aside from the WNBA, but they they want to dig deep. They want to. I understand. I understand the uh, determination to get a little winning streak going before football starts. Brother Bryce, start us off. I think there's tennis. And Harry tried to bet golf, but I, I, I told him that there wasn't going to be a lot of people listening uh, but before the tournament started. So what do you got? You have tennis, right? Yeah, yeah, we, I, yeah, like you said, we have USD, we have tennis, there's golf. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it simple this week. I'm going to take Djokovic to win Wimbledon at minus 145. Look, he's been playing great. Whenever he's playing great on grass and he's healthy, I, it's hard to go against him unless, you know, especially with Federer at this age. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to cruise past Batista Agut in straight sets. And then Nadal and Federer, I think, are going to have a long, tough, hard, maybe five-set match. And then Joker's, you know, he's going to just outlast them pretty much in that final. Like I said, I just don't, I just can't picture him when he's healthy and playing really well. I mean, he's only dropped one set here in Wimbledon. So I just think he's going to win straight sets the next match and then maybe and four sets in the final. I was looking ahead. He beat, uh, Joker did. He beat Nadal in the semis last year. He beat yep. Federer in 2015. This is all Wimbledon because I don't think you can compare it to anything else. Just go right to the grass. So he beat Nadal in semis last year. He beat Joker. Uh, he beat Federer in four sets in 15 and in five sets in 2014. So he's definitely not afraid of these guys. Parlay kid, you're going to mix it up with some MMA? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm going to go, uh, with some UFC stuff. Uh, it's probably, and Brother Bry would probably agree with this, probably the worst card they've probably had in, I don't know, all year, Bry. Would you agree with that? Uh, this card that's yeah, coming up? It's definitely up there. There was like one other one. Yeah, it's, it's pretty weak. But um, I'm taking a fight off this. This, uh, this guy won me money back in December in his last fight. His name was Ryan Hall. He's minus 120 uh, over Darren Elkins. Uh, Hall was the ultimate fighter, uh, Winner in 2015. Nobody seems to want to fight this guy because he's very awkward. He's got a he fights off his back kind of. Hmm. Um, so uh, he's very good at submitting uh, his opponents. And so I've said this in the last few UFC uh, fights I've bet and uh, I've won on this show. Um, but Elkins, really, these guys are the same age. But Hall is the fresher fighter. Elkins has lost three of his last five fights. He's uh, had a lot of wear and tear on his body, where Hall really hasn't. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, I think that seems to be making the difference in some of these uh, fights that have very close lines. So let's take Hall at minus 120 to uh, defeat Elkins. Interesting. All right, another guy fights yeah. off his back. Harry, what are you going? You're back, back to tennis? They talk <laughs> you out of the golf? 
Well, you talked me out of the golf, but for the record, top 10, I did like Zach Johnson and the John Deere and uh, Ricky Fowler for the Scottish Open, both top 10s. But anyways, I am going to take, uh, I am going to take uh, tennis. I'm going to take uh, Nadal at minus 130 in his match versus Federer. Federer turns 38 in a month. Nadal's 33. Uh, this will be the 40th time they play each other. Nadal leads 24-15. Nadal is 10-3 and in majors versus Roger. Uh, and this will be the first time they've met at Wimbledon since 2008 when it all won an epic five-setter. Uh, they played each other this year at the French, where Raphael beat Roger in three sets. He rolled them. Uh, but most importantly, Nadal has looked more focused, more in control than better in Wimbledon this year. Uh, he has way more zip on his cross-court uh, shots, and no one has been able to break his serve. Roger has looked a little rattled at times and has lost a couple first sets this tournament. So if he looks shaky or loses, Set number one to Raf. Look out, Raf could roll. But I think Brian might be right. I think it might. I might think it might go four sets. But still, Nadal at minus one thirty over Federer. I think that's the play. That's too. It's too close for me. I don't know. I, and Harry's mad because Federer cost him. I know Harry bet against bet Federer to win the first set. Was that the very first? Was that opening round? Was that the second, round the one twenty eight? Second round, round the sixty four. He lost the yeah. first set. His first serves are landing at eighty one percent. That's. That's pretty good. That's what I look for in, if, if a guy's slowing down or not. I, I just think that's going to be a five-setter, and and you're lucky if you win. There's going to be seven sixes all over the place. Uh, Hall versus Elkins. I like that. You know, Parlay Kid, I'm I'm not going with you, but I'm also going with you because I'm I'm taking Brother Bry's bet. Brother Bry and I had luck with Jokovic. What was it, like three years ago? It seems like a few years ago where we just loaded, loaded on him, and uh, he, he won everything. Yep. Uh, but partly, kid, we have me, you, brother Bry. Of course, Harry is not involved. He, he stayed away. We have uh, Serena and Joker to win the men's and women's side uh, in a parlay. So let's root for one thing. I'm going for Joker uh, to win the tournament. You can get him still at minus 145, even heading into the semifinal. So, brother Bry, I'm riding your pick. All right. Uh, we're going to sign up. We're running way late. We have Paula Duke on the line. Um, this has been a great celebration of Antonio Brown's birthday, right, Tate? Yes. I, I feel like we've again, we've done happy birthday, him, right? AB. Yeah, we did it. All right, guys, and we will be back. Uh, any of his teammates tonight? What? You don't think that's happening? I don't think. Well, we were discussing hard knocks, so I don't know why you would bring that up. It's well, a month early. I know. Well, it was his birthday. Harry, you're all supposed right. to be stalking him. You're supposed to know where he is at all times. <laughs> that's true. What are you doing? You're really slacking, Harry. All right, Paula Duca on the line coming up in a minute. All right, we've talked a lot of baseball today. We're going to talk a little more. Who better to help us play our own version of Moneyball as we attempt to earn some baseball bucks and Action Network analyst, four-time All-Star, and one of my top two favorite Italian-American Mets catchers of all time, really. Paul LaDuca, thanks for coming on Against All Odds, buddy. Thanks. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I hope the other one's Piazza. And I am honored to be with Mr. Mike. Oh, you know, I didn't even think of uh, Piazza. You're right. He is. A, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you're top three. No, yes, of course. It's you and Piazza. <laughs> you're, 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 ed- you're edging him out. I have to say. Now, listen, you're an NL guy. Did that game last night bother you as much as it did me? I mean, this is ridiculous for the American League. Seven in a row. 19 three and one in the last 23 this the american league's the best bet in the last quarter century am well, i right well what's going on here well here's the deal i went to four all-star games and lost all four of them so i can't say anything to yourself <laughs> <laughs> like 
It's just <laughs> unbelievable. I was a part of the 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 one where we had actually had the lead in the ninth inning, and then Michael Young, if everybody remembers in Pittsburgh, got the hit off Trevor Hoffman, um, who actually blew yeah. that save, and we lost that game. I remember that was like 2006, and that was like my last All Star game. I'm like, I'm finally gonna win one. It was just over, and we lost that game too. But yeah, it's just getting. Um, I guess we're not. It's embarrassing. Is it time to mix the lineups up? I, I don't know what to do here, but I, I, I can't take it. My Yankee fan friends are uh, down my throat about all this all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the Yankee friend, Yankee people, like, listen, I got to deal with Mariano uh, Rivera Day at Saratoga here on uh, a, a couple of days, so that's going to be a Yankee oh, fest. Oh, it's, yeah, it's going to be a Yankee bleeding fest, but. At least Pete Alonso made all of us, all of our Mets fans, at least smile for a little bit on the weekend. I want to talk about that. Like, yes, as a Mets fan, thank, uh, thank goodness, Dwight goodness for Pete Alonso. I mean, how how excited should we be? I, I I was saying like that. We were talking about maybe that's a top ten Mets moment in the fifty seven year history. Him winning the uh, home run derby. And then uh, a single off a Yankee player's glove, Glaber Torres, I think, is also a top 10 moment. Even though it cut the lead to four to three, they ended up losing. Oh, we, we should be excited about him, right? He's here to stay. He's the real deal. No, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. You don't do what he does, um, uh, especially in a home run derby. I, I, I couldn't believe how polished he was, first of all, because I had taken a take like, hey, may, maybe take a shot against the rookie because it's the first time really – that they are competing in a home run derby. But now we're getting to the point where these guys like Pete probably he's competed in one when he was 15, 16, 17. Baseball has changed because with all these travel teams, but he's got right. such a short swing. I love it. I, I, and I hate to say this because I know there's a lot of Mets fans out there. I think he's got a better, better upside than David did. Um, and that, that's a lot of praise because David was some kind of player. But also, David had a ton of guys around him. And I'm, I'm not sliding David right at all because he doesn't have back mm-hmm. issues. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, but he yeah. also had, you know, uh, Reyes, myself, Beltran, Delgado, <laughs> Reed, uh, Sean Green around him. You know, now this kid has yeah. got power to all fields that are just it's, just, it's uncanny. When you're doing a home run derby, Sal, your first thing is, and a lot of people forget, I threw David Wright in the home run derby in 2006 when we almost won it. You're trying to pull everything. You I mean you're trying to right. hook everything? And I, I've competed in home run derbies when I was in college. You're just dead trying to hook everything. He just took the approach of I'm just going to swing the bat and make contact, and he hit. I would say seven to eight home runs the other way. Him and Acuna. I mean, like I, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Um, but it's yeah, you know what's so- weird about it? Even the directors who were shooting it for ESPN weren't. You know, normally a guy goes opposite field in the home run derby. You feel it's going to fall short, but. Yeah, like you said, Alonzo's going for opposite field home runs. The directors didn't even pick up a couple of those home runs. They yeah. ended up going out of the park without us seeing it. But that's how uh, exciting and uh, th- th- that's what a freak this guy is. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I just, you know, it's weird. He's, uh, as far as go- getting back to gambling, because we always should, he's only minus 167 to win rookie of the year in the National League. Now, Tatis Jr., great player, plus 250. We saw that Soraka for the Braves, yeah. plus 650. Is that a good bet, you think? What does he have to hit, I, like 10 more home runs, you think? I think it's a good bet. And the reason why I say it is, like, I, his swing is so short. I was comparing him to, like, great knockout artists. You know, like, if you look at all the great knockout artists in, 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 in boxing, I used to tell this, or our coach tell me all the time, the shorter the swing, 
Mm-hmm. And the shorter the punch, usually the short punches are the one that devastates guys. And if you look at Alonzo's swing, it's so short and compact. I don't see much yeah. of a decrease in the second half. Now, are the pitchers going to start pitching to him a little bit more carefully because he's really the only guy in the Met lineup that can really hurt you with one swing? I know there's some guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mets can score runs. That's not the bottom line, but I think he's yeah, definitely yeah. minus one sixty-seven. He's even if he has a bad second half, isn't 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 he going to be thirty-five and ninety with his eyes closed? That's enough, no? Yeah, I mean, he leads all the not batting average, but all the the uh, the power number categories. All seven of them he leads right now for yeah. rookies. But yeah, you're right. If he ends up thirty-five ninety, I mean, that, and that would be bad. That would be five more home runs. For yeah, the rest that's of the nothing. That'd be having a bad second half. Games. Yeah. You have to give it to him. Now let's talk about the rest of this the dysfunctional team. I mean, what <laughs> could it get worse? I mean, that just you know, I, we don't even talk about Cespedes <laughs> since he fell down the stairs. That that was bad. He wasn't coming back anyway. We we have a manager who's fighting with reporters with uh, I, I Vargas and the, I, and the clubhouse. I don't get any of it. The GM's throwing chairs. What's going on? I don't get any of it. No, I don't like you know. Then there was reports that 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 the. Brody's getting is texting, getting texts, and like I'm like, what is going on in here? And then the manager won't get thrown out of the game, but yet he'll throw stuff. And Jason Vargas, he'll throw stuff in the clubhouse. Jason Vargas, I played with Jason. I actually caught Jason Vargas' debut. Mm-hmm. Might be the coolest wow. cat in history. For him to say he's going to knock like out a reporter is unbelievable. <laughs> so like. I don't know what is really truly going on in that clubhouse. I really don't. I don't know if this function is worse than what it was with when Matt Harvey was there. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. How is that possible? You're right. Uh, They don't even know where to turn. And and to add to it all, this Bobby Bonilla thing. Now the Wilpons will claim this is a great deal. This is, they've saved so much money paying him 8%, but just that that it's, we got our uh, annual reminder last week or a couple of weeks ago that Bobby Bonilla is still on the payroll. (laughs) I don't think it's a great deal because they're not factoring the uh, factoring in the the bad publicity surrounding this Benia contract. There's articles written every every year about it, and uh, it, it becomes a punchline to the organization. Uh, the organization is the uh, target. I, I don't know what what do you, would you have signed the Benia deal if you could have? Um, I guess so. I don't know if you've seen Bobby Bowie's eating it all, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing: like it's gotten to the point now i think the willpods make money off the deal so in and you don't really realize that there's probably a hundred different deferred money contracts out there that people don't know about but the mets are the ones that always get made fun of because it's bobby bonilla and 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 then you go look and Mm -hmm. i even tweeted it out like happy bobby bonilla today this is the day you realize that he's making five hundred thousand dollars more than pete alonzo um yeah and like it's the laughing stock all the time. And then July 4th hits and the A-ball team sets the whole, the whole baseball field on fire. So, I mean, it's just like, it's yeah. one mess thing after one mess thing. Tony Bernazar took his shirt off at one time when I was there, tried to fight the double A team. I mean, you can keep going on of all the stuff that has happened um, under the Mets care. And that was under when Manania was the man- general manager. So what did Wilpon do? He hired Manania back. That, I mean, like, so like, right where do you want to go? Like, do you just want to be 81 and 81 every year? Because that's basically what you tell the Mets fan every year. Besides when I was there in 06 and 07 and Sal, that fell because 
06 and 07, David Wright and Jose Reyes were kids that were homegrown. And it mm-hmm. fell into their lap when the Marlins didn't get the stadium. Myself, Delgado, the Marlins picked up all of our contracts. They went out and signed one guy. They signed Carlos Beltran. If people remember, Delgado turned down the Mets to sign for the Marlins. He didn't want to come to New York. Right. So, like, when people always say, oh, they spent the money. They didn't spend the money on the 06 Mets. It just happened to fall right in place. Go look at our starting pitching staff. Steve Traxel, John Maine, Oliver Perez, Phil Hughes. You want me to keep going? They didn't spend any money. It just went fell in their lap that we had the best starting nine, maybe hitting nine in the last 10 years. I'll, yeah. I'll compare that lineup to any lineup ever. That was fun, except for uh, how it all ended when Beltran just left the, the bat on his shoulders and didn't swing. But yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Going into that, that was uh, that was a fun lineup and a fun team. Uh, damn it. I, I, before we get off the all-star thing, you played in four games. Uh, by the fourth appearance, we, I mean, it's such a grueling schedule. You get a, a day off every two weeks. By the fourth appearance, were you looking to skip the game? Were you like, hell, let me stay home and, and, uh, and, and lay in a tub and watch it on TV? Or was it just as much a thrill? Um, it's, it's a thrill. The fourth one I got to start, which is cool. I didn't start the first three. Right. And then when I was with the Mets, I got voted in and started and that was fun. Um, a lot of the older guys like, um, bonds and those guys had been like the 12 or 13. They would leave by the 15. That's why I always had an issue with like, wow, this is deciding, um, home field advantage at one time. And guys were leaving in the fifth inning. I'm like, Hey, um, I want Barry bonds up in the ninth (laughs) inning, man. (laughs) Like, uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah, that used to bother me a tiny bit, but I always used to soak it in. You know what, Sal? It, it ends up being a bonus. You get a bonus. Like every year you'd get a bonus if you went to the All-Star game. You'd break even because you'd, you'd fly your whole family and friends up there to enjoy sure. it with you and just have a big party, to be honest with you. you know? I was going to ask you about that. I think they get 25000 the winning That's team. The get. winning players get twenty five. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. It would be 25000 And by the time you would get hotel rooms for all your friends, families, tickets, everybody flying there. You'd end up breaking even by the time you got the check, but it was just, you know, to spend that time with your family. I remember in Detroit, one of the best things I did is uh, they had uh, cars in Detroit where we went down like, um, and I got my family in the car. You like, you were like almost like the president and people were like waving at you and like stuff like that. You can Mm -hmm. never forget. You can never forget, you know? Right. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I, were there any like gambling uh, experiences there during the All-Star game? You could tell it's like a, de- well, definitely play, a looser you, you always atmosphere. Have a wicked card, you always have wicked card games, right? You know? So like mm-hmm. either Bouray, a lot of guys like to play in between the sheets. Some people call that ACQC, which get dangerous. ACQC, sure. Oh, uh, I've seen a lot of checks written. You know, one of my best stories is 04. I went to the 04 All-Star game and Clemens had called me into the training room and he was getting iced. And he's like, you're catching me. I'm like, uh, I'm not the manager. Art Howe is. I think Art, it was, no, it was Jack McKeon yeah. was the manager at the time. And Jack McKeon, I'm like, Jack's the manager. He's like, well, Piazza's not catching me. And that was the time wow. in 2000 when Piazza threw the bat at Clemens. Right. And right. Clemens was with the Astros in 04. And I had said, I go, Roger, uh, you know, like this is my second all-star game. I, I was relatively still new. I mean, I was a rookie in 01. I'm like, <laughs> I can't say it. He goes, Paulie, you go up. I'm like, I go, Roger, you got to go up to him and tell him, you know? And then, and so <laughs> what, what McKeon brought Clemens in second. And so 
I didn't catch him. Mike ended up catching him. And like, we ended up having a beer afterwards, Clemens, and he laughed about it. And I'm like, were you dead serious? He goes, yeah, I was dead serious. I wanted you to catch me. And I thought that That's was the greatest. Yeah. He goes, I, I, and I was, you know, and I was with the Dodgers at the time. And then boom, how about two weeks later, McKeon added me on to that team, the 04 team. Two weeks later, he traded for me. So um, <laughs> that was a pretty cool whirlwind, but I, I'll never forget that conversation with Clemens. Like, Wow. No, wow. Like, that, that's like, I mean, that's assuming a lot. I mean, he's saying, you know, <laughs> so the starting catcher, because there's not a million of them in this all-star game probably goes like four innings, right? Like, I, I'm not keeping track. No, you anymore, only have like two, but, you only have two or three usually. Yeah. So like, you can't pull Mike out after the first second innings and I'd have to catch like five or six and you don't want a position yeah. player catching in case they get hurt. Yeah. So it was a little risky. Yeah. So I go, Roger, Clemens. you're going to pitch. That's so great. You're going to pitch early in the game, One Roger, of the most infuriating moments in, the, in Mets fan history when uh, when he threw that bat and uh, and Piazza didn't react. But I, I've, I've had a, a Piazza's account of it, and it's it, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting story. Did, let let me ask you this: balls juiced, not juiced? Does it matter? Do you care? I'm not been juiced. I've been trying to say this for a while. You know, oh boy, Manfredi, um, Rob Manfredi, who doesn't mm. want to. Uh, include the I on the end of his name. Um, <laughs> he even admits it too, but says it's not him. But Verlander's right. MLB owns Rawlings. It's like, I mean, and he causes his own collusion. Everybody can hit 15 home runs. Right. I've been saying this forever. Like, like, do you have at Shea Stadium, where I played at Shea Stadium, and I played, I never played at City Field, but I played at Shea Stadium. You played at Old Detroit, I mean, Detroit. Carlos Delgado, Miguel Cabrera, um, maybe Sean, yeah, Sean Green, yeah. Beltran, that was it. Maybe David, maybe David Wright, he had that much pop. Those were the type of guys, Jim Tomei, that could go out to dead center at Shea Stadium. No, I'm seeing Kiki right. Hernandez. I'm seeing everybody hitting the ball out to everywhere. Like, And so now that he admits it, Manfred, but says, is the cork wound? Like, give me a break, bro. I mean, you wanted more runs. You got more runs. This is what you wanted. You wanted arena yeah. baseball. And all you guys wanted was to slow down the game. Well, you added more runs. You added replay. You've lengthened the game. Like, so it makes no yeah, sense. True. And what also you did is you made the game with no defense. You can't take out the second baseman. So what can you do now? You could play a guy like Mike Moustakis at second. Because I can stand right in front of second base and not be worried about getting taken out. You don't. Uh, the defensive second baseman has been taken out of the game. The defensive shortstop has been taken out of the game. A left-handed hitter is not as important because of the shift. There's not a hole anymore. Mm-hmm. So the game is completely turned into Earl Weaver waiting around for the three-run homer. And that's it. So, yeah. and they're going to shatter record. Is fired up. Well, here's You're the fired thing. Up My there. problem. I, I but, wanted to ask you. My problem is they're going to shatter Go ahead, records that are going to stand for years. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Now, and uh, the Fox crew, I, I, I talked to a few of the, the guys when they came back from uh, London. And that, I mean, if there's an example of the balls, I mean, I heard like Tanaka and Porcello still scratching, scratching their heads, the balls that they were handed to throw in that uh, that London series. It was when, the, when there was a uh, 150 run scored in two games. But yeah, it makes sense. Sure. You, you want to go overseas? You want to show them a high-scoring game? Look, NFL can't do it. They're going to send them Blake Bortles every year. You can only do so much to a, a score, you know, for a game. But uh, baseball, yeah, you can manipulate that over-under easily, easily with those overseas games, right? Yeah, 100%. I, when I threw 
and the home run derby balls are completely wound tight. I, I, when I threw home run derby in 06, I could, I was throwing off a, uh, like a, I would say like a turf mat. I was bouncing the ball back up to me, a baseball. It was like a racquetball. Mm. I was bouncing it off that thing and it was bouncing right back up to my chest. So it's like a spalding ball. Like, man, you, 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 like the old stick balls, the old spalding stick balls. They've wound it so tight. They've made the ball and it, they made the ball just, it's, it's unbelievable. I took BP at City Field like about three weeks ago and I was like, I'm 47 now. I, I go to the gym five days a week. But it's like I was hitting with some of these bats. I was going, it took me like five or six swings, and I hadn't swung in six, seven years. I'm like, these balls are a joke. I hit a couple balls in the wow. seventh, eighth row. I'm like, this is a joke. I'm like, I shouldn't be able to go out of the ballpark this easy, and I haven't picked up a bat in, in, in so long. Yeah. But it's just, it's simple. You just need to touch it now. Yeah, that's something. All right, so with all this in mind, the the baseballs are tightly wound. We saw a good 90 games so far from all these teams. Now, listen, when you came on the podcast, I think it was in April, I I, I said, give me a team. I'm going to put $100 on them. And it was, uh, who'd you give me? Oh, the Rays at 20 to 1 to win the World Series. Uh, They're doing well. They're right in there. They're not the powerhouse Yankees, but they're they're hanging in in the East. You know what their odds are right now to win the World Series? Oh, God, 20 to 1? 28 to one. So, so we kind of lost out a little already, but, yeah, but right. maybe not that bad. They can make some noise, right? Yeah. We're 52 and 39 now. Uh, the problem with the Rays are is that whenever it comes to the deadline, like are they ever going to add anything where everybody else does, you know, the Yankees, like, yeah. I mean, I, I still think the Rays can be dangerous because they're pitching staff. And I love what Kevin, Kevin cash does do. Um, I love what Rocco Baldelli has done with Minnesota. Um, they swing the bats well. You know what I like about Rocco too? He's on my email list uh, for horse racing picks, so I know that Rocco likes to gamble a little bit. <laughs> and so, to me, Rocco is not afraid to put the I at the end of his name. No, exactly. So I like <laughs> guys like that. I like guys that like to roll the dice a little bit because you need this game has turned into a, a, a puppet type game where they just play the percentages. I like the guys that just, you know, with their gut feeling, you know, and I, I think that Minnesota's got a big shot. Tampa, it's going to be tough sledding for Tampa. I mean, and the best team in the AL, you could, you can keep on going and saying it's the Yankees, but the best, well, most well-rounded team when they're healthy is still the Astros to me. And that's just the bottom line. I love the Astros, four to one odds to win the World Series. They're getting all their big horses back. They haven't been healthy, all three of those guys, nope. uh, in, in, all season. And uh, yeah, they and and I think they're like, they, like seventy percent of their wins or sixty five percent of their wins are against teams that are five hundred or above, like yep. in the first ninety games. So that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's a good sign. Now let's let's talk though. I'm gonna give you. Let's talk NL MVP. Bellinger <clears throat> minus one fifty. Yelich plus 140. It seems to be a two-horse race there. Who do you like out of those two? Well, I'll only go, I'll only go with Yelich just because of that division. I mean, the Reds are four and a half mm-hmm. games out. They're in dead last now. So he's going to have to play throughout the year. Now, I know Bellinger um, is having a monster year, and a lot of people are like, well, he collapsed a little bit in the second half last year. I don't think that will happen as bad. I think he'll slow down a tiny bit. I'm just worried Dodgers. But 14 games up, 
you know, like Roberts might sit him a couple games, give him a lot of rest here against some lefties, like some tough lefties maybe late in the year when Yelich is going to get more bats and put up some more numbers because Milwaukee's going to just be, be playing more games that are going to be more important. And and the NL Central yeah. is just is just going to be a bog. You know, I, I still I stuck with my pick was the Cardinals. I'm going to stick with the Cardinals, and they're 44 and 44, and they're two games out. I mean, that's going to be very interesting what happens in the Central at the end. So. I think Yelich is a good play at plus money just because he's going to have key at bats down the, down, down the stretch, you know, where Bellinger might. Yeah, for sure. Might, you know, I'm looking not, now, you know? I took as a long shot Arenado. I know you got the cores bias and everything, but the, he's now 50 to one. I saw him at like nine to one wow. a couple weeks ago. Uh, he can maybe put up numbers. What about our boy Alonzo at 20 to one? What would, what would his numbers have to look like to steal the uh, hardware? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, um, He'd have, have to, to get that mod- batting average up. Yeah, and it has. You know, he was at 256 for a while. What is it up to now? Like 270-something? And he's getting better. I think better might be 280, at- yeah. Yeah, he's getting better at bats. And, and now it's the second time around the league. Here's the deal. You always get with a rookie. Is he going to slow down? Uh, I don't know. This kid's, like, so strong, naturally strong. And like I said, I love his short mm-hmm. swing. He, say he goes out in the second half and hits 20 home runs. And and he gets up to two ninety. That's a monster year if he hits twenty home runs and he gets over like he ends up going forty five and one twenty. Yeah, huh? I mean you have the New York media behind you and everything. That that'd be a nice push, but you know our our team will have like sixty five wins is the, the only problem. That uh, is the only problem. All right, let's go NL Cy Young here. Uh, Scherzer minus two hundred. He's the he's the favorite, but uh, Yunjin Ryu Dodgers plus one ten. Always a good outing, and then, and then you got like guys in the middle like Castillo, Bueller, Granke, Soraka, the rookie. Who do you like? See, I think Bueller might be a good long shot play because I think he gets better as mm. the season gets longer, um, and because he, he throws that high fastball, he's got that explosive fastball. And he started off slow. Um, my problem with Ryu is I think that they they might in the second half slow his innings down a little bit and he might be a five, six inning guy, but like, again, it's Scherzer and more lock yourself. Um, that's my worry. And the nationals starting to make that push that we thought they would be like, maybe, okay, let's, let's slow our roll on the yeah, I never saw a, a, a near season engine ending injury inspire someone as much as uh, Scherzer <laughs> breaks his own nose and a bunting of a foul ball. And uh, he's like he's untouchable. Since. Since, I know it's crazy. It's like, I think it's like almost like he's taking the pressure off himself since he broken his nose. I don't even know, but yeah, he's been unhittable since <laughs> and he, he yeah. gets stronger as the season gets longer. So like, I mm. mean, is minus 200 really not, I mean, two, lane two to one, maybe not a bad play because the baby Braves are still, now you look at you, know, Soroka, like, is he going to take a step back? Like, are some of the Braves guys going to take a step back in the second half, the younger kids, where the, the experienced guys like Scherzer are going to keep moving forward? So I hate to tell anybody to try to take a long shot because Scherzer at two to one might be an okay play, you know? Yeah, well, you could do both. There's, that's there's nothing wrong with Walker Bueller. That'd be interesting if, if Bueller uh, up, upseated uh, Rue and Kershaw just on that staff. But, God, those arms, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, speaking of those you, Dodgers, there's, there's a nice prop out there. Who do you start game one? Do you start oh, ahead, Kershaw what? game one or you don't? Jeez, I don't know. 
I don't know. Where is it? It's in it's at Dodger Stadium. It's in Chavez Ravine. Now. That, that's my, yeah, I think you have to give it to him. Yeah, right. That's my thing. Is Ryu and Walker Bueller, are they past? Is 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 Clay Kershaw the third starter in the playoffs now? Like I I uh, I what it, like I think that's gonna be Robert's dilemma or that might be the undoing of the Dodgers because is Kershaw their third best pitcher now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What a what a terrible problem to have, I know, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> that he's gonna he could close out their first series. Um, I like this one. This prop jumped out at me, and then I'll let you go. Over or under two and a half teams to win 100 or more games. The over is minus 134. Now, right now, Yankees, Twins, Astros, and the Dodgers, who we just talked about, are on pace to eclipse 100. Do you go over or under here? You have to figure the Twins will drop off. Yeah, so so you're figuring hmm, the Dodgers Dodgers should get to 100. That's probably... Mm-hmm. Pretty good. So you got one, two and a half, Sally. Yankees get Yeah, one. last year there were three, and they were all in the American League. Like the NL wasn't even really close to having. Yeah, because the Red Sox but, and the yeah. Red Sox. I say over because I say the mm-hmm. Astros get healthy. They've only played ninety games, and see the Yankees have only played eighty-eight games, where the Dodgers have played ninety-two games. So the Yankees got to make up four games. I say right. I. So I, I say I say yes. I say over. I say over. I say over. I mean, I like it too. I think they're 300 game winners. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm betting that we have money on the Rays. <laughs> I'm going to put a little on, uh, on your behalf on the over under game, not great odds. Minus minus one but we're in this, uh, together. Uh, you want to plug anything? Got big thing, big summer plans. Oh, right. I'm here at Saratoga. Um, check us out on Fox sports Two, Fox Saturday at the race, but it's Fox at the races. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be giving you some horse picks. I'm going to get you on the horse, thoroughbred horse racing train, though. <laughs> That's good. I need another vice. <laughs> I don't have enough. No, but honestly, this this is the time where people freak out because there's nothing to bet. And thank God we had women's soccer and some uh, free agency in the NBA. But now uh, now it's baseball and horses. I love it. Yeah, it is. And here, here's it. the thing. I went to the gym this morning. Bill Parcells, Jim Cott were there working out like, to be honest with you, it's actually a big deal out here. A lot of guys come out um, to own horses. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Come say hi if you're out here. All right. That's great. Paul Aduka, he does it all. Fox Sports 2, Action Network. Thanks for coming on, Paul. I appreciate <laughs> Thanks, it. Thanks, Sal. Always a pleasure, man. All right. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Hey, grab a ticket to SportsCon and come say hi this Saturday. I'll be at Fair Park in Dallas. Email us at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com with your Degenerate Gambler Hall of Fame entry. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta Master Tate Frazier and Paula Duca. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping.